My name is Luna Casey, and welcome to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. The New England area is full of tales of haunted locations, legendary creatures, and stories of the just plain weird. So, whether you're into ghosts, lake monsters, or strange lights in the night sky, we are your home for all things paranormal. The Saco River originates in the White Mountains of New Hampshire and meanders 136 miles through the southeast corner of the state and into Maine until it finally joins the Atlantic Ocean where Saco and Biddleford are located. During the summer months, the Saco River is a popular spot for camping, canoeing, kayaking, and especially tubing. But to do so does come at some risk. The Saco River is known for its strong undertow, surprisingly deep gorges, and rough rapids that run through some areas. But there may be another reason to be careful. A curse. The legend begins in the late 1600s when the Sokoki tribe were living near the mouth of the Saco River. Their sachem was a young, strong leader named Squando, who was well-respected by his people. He was also a powerful shaman, gifted in sorcery and magic. During this time, the white settlers lived in harmony with the Sokokis. According to the legend, Squando rescued a young white girl who had been taken in a previous raid and returned her to her family. This peace lasted about 50 years. Squandro, of course, had his pick of women and chose a beautiful girl named Awajimiska to be his wife. They soon had a son named Manawi, or Mikudu, depending on the source. Squandro was very proud of his son and pleased with the life he had made. While other Indian nations were embroiled in King Philip's war with white settlers, the Sokokis continued to live peacefully and trade with their European neighbors. That all changed in 1675. Awajimiska was rowing a canoe with her infant son near Indian Island in the Saco River, now known as Factory Island. An English vessel lay at anchor near the mouth of the Saco, and three sailors from the ship rowed up the river. According to the legend, when they spotted Awajimiska with her baby, one of them exclaimed that he'd heard that Indian babies were born knowing how to swim, like an animal. To test this theory, they rowed up beside the canoe, grabbed the baby, and flung him into the water. Awajimiska broke free and dove in after her baby. She rescued him, but Minoui became ill and died a few days later. The sailors, for their part, continued on their way, like nothing happened. They had no idea who they were dealing with. For three days and nights, Squandro mourned at the grave of Minoui. 
On the third day, Squandro vowed to get revenge upon the whites who had killed his son. He went down to the river and stood on its banks, and with his arms outstretched he uttered a curse that the waters of the Sago would take the lives of three white people every year. The death of Squandro's son was marking the end of the peaceful relations between the settlers and the Sakokis. The first major blow of King Philip's war was struck in Sago. But what of the curse? Did the river really claim the lives of three white people each year? In a word, yes. Every year, three or more people drowned in the Saco River. Old-timers recall hearing the legend told by parents and grandparents, and they maintain a healthy respect for the curse. Even modern inhabitants of the region avow that an average three lives are lost on the Saco River per year. Until as recently as 1947, some Maine folks in the Saco-Biddleford area would hesitate to go near the waters of the Saco until they were certain that three people had drowned there that season. Tad Baker, historian and archaeologist at the York Institute Museum in Saco, now the Saco Museum, claimed that early historical accounts describe an incident on the Saco that led to an American Indian baby's death. But there was no mention of the curse until about 1880. Ruth Chaplin, a lifelong resident of Steep Falls, Maine, town librarian for 45 years and reporter for the Portland Press-Herald for 20 years. Chaplin recalls writing plenty of stories about drowning on the river. She says the curse has been carried out many, many years in drownings up and down the length of the Saco. Finally, in 1947, a year passed with no drownings. The main Sunday telegram headline happily proclaimed, Saco River outlives curse of Indian chief. Squandro eventually made his peace with the whites, but he never rescinded his curse. And the Saco has claimed more than its fair share of lives. So much so that for centuries, Sako mothers would not allow their children to swim in the river until three white people had drowned there that season. So, whether because of the strong undertow and dangerous rapids, or because of Squandro's curse, visitors would be well advised to have a healthy respect for the Sako River. Thank you for listening to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. New episodes are added every other Friday. New England Ghost Stories is written and produced by L.B. Kirkwood. Music by Vyacheslav Dragunov. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the New England Ghost Stories podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
or at your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. And if you have a story that you'd like to see covered in an upcoming podcast, you can leave a comment on our website at newenglandghoststories.com or on our Facebook page at New England Ghost Stories. We'd love to hear from you then. Until next time, this is Luna Casey.